Welcome to the Nerd Party. They can travel anywhere in time and space. Up we go into time and space. So all of time and all of space are sitting out there. Welcome to Time and Space, one married couple's adventure through the Doctor Who universe. I'm Jessica Nunn. And I'm her devious companion, Philip Gilfus. You are rather devious sometimes. I'm wearing my Slytherin slippers. Yes, 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 you are. And you're Slytherin, well, you're Harry. all of the houses. Yeah, pajama pants. bottoms, yeah. Oh, we got the Christmas... Oh, we did. I, I uh, did a little Think Geek shopping. I don't know. Have you ever heard of these crate boxes? Have you ever heard of those? Oh, yeah, yeah. Subscription boxes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, that's what I, I belong to one where they send me makeup every month. Right. So there's nerd ones, of course, out there. I've heard a lot of disappointment in the Star Trek one not working out for people. But basically, I bought a few things. Nothing crazy. At least I don't think crazy. But anyway, I bought a few things from Think Geek, which I don't usually do, but... That was sort of my own crate box of stuff. Yeah, so. that's a little bit of a lie. You buy things from Think Geek. No, this is the first one in a while. Is it? Yeah. So, yeah. I'm, and one of those items was, it was a little early, but it, it was a little early, but I was on there, so I thought I'd go ahead and buy it and invest in it. And that was the Dr. Tenth Christmas special. I don't know if that's the actual title, but that's what it is. Christmas surprise, something like that. <laughs> yes. So Dr. Tenth, you know, mystery, or the Mr. Man, Tenth Doctor has his own book, but he also has a Christmas special book. So. Which is perfectly appropriate for Dr. Ten, Mr. Dr. Ten. Yeah, so we'll have to figure out whether we're going to read that like mid-October or save it for Christmas or what. I think we should save it till Christmas. Okay. I've been very good. I haven't gone hunting for it to uh-huh. read and things like that. I, I think I've been very good. Sure. What else, Doctor Who-ish? Nothing, really. Haven't done any more, uh, haven't, I, well, I guess we did, we've, I, since last recording, I guess we did finish the 11th Doctor. We watched the final episode of the series for his first series. Yes, yeah. And so, the Big Bang. Right? Yeah. That's what it's called. I was going to say, we didn't finish that. <laughs> but that's sort of the first, so what did you sort of think, recapping, I know you've seen it before, obviously, but sort of Matt Smith's first series, anything new or just... Delighted to revisit. Just delighted to revisit. Those are, I mean, most of them, I'm trying to think if there were any that I was like, "Mm, I'm not interested in rewatching this, but I can't think of one. One, I mean, I don't not like it, but I'm like, eh, okay. And that's the the dinosaurs. It's not Slytherin, whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah. Vastra and her Yeah, exactly. I don't know why I'm blanking on that, but you all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. The dinosaur people. It's it's not, I mean, it's okay, whatever. No, I find it interesting. I like that one. Mm -hmm. I like that one. And of course, you know, we get to the Van Gogh one and I'm like, I'm not ready for this one. But I I always enjoy it. I'm just never emotionally ready to rewatch it because it's always going to make me cry. And you've been enjoying watching Arthur and Rory again. Yes, because I love them. <laughs> so what are we talking about right. today, darling? So, when it comes to naming the most well-known Time Lords, the Doctor is always first. But who comes second? The Doctor's greatest foe, obviously. The Master. They have battled across time and space, so we'll be discussing the Master's various incarnations. Yeah, so when doing research, obviously, when you really get deep into this, there's been a bunch and bunch of people that played the Master. But we're not going to go, you know deep deep into it so we're gonna mostly cover uh, from the 
post classic period because what are you talking about when you talk about the eighth doctor i don't know how to include him so i'll just say post classic period onwards with some touches um because I, I did want to begin i know we haven't seen them all or you haven't seen them all but we've seen a, a few and that's starting with what i call the classic master and i know folks may disagree um and say it's the one we'll talk about later mm. but the one i've seen the most of when i see classic who is anthony anley uh, if i'm saying his name correctly as the master because he was sort of fourth doctor all the way through the seventh doctor so basically you know half well more than half really if i'm sure if you did the math but anyway of classic who starring as the one role of the master and i don't know i i you know, i always complain about it, so i won't try to go too, too deep into it but he is sort you of the, do always complain but he is sort of the stereotype uh i don't know when did the goatee become the villain Oh, that I think that's old, old, old. I mean, I would, I would be interested to know. Old is it like a Greek trope. thing or yeah. something where they pull up like the goatee mask, the mask on the yeah, chin? Yeah, maybe. Interesting, but the, I think the idea comes from the forkness of so it. Sort of sat- satanic, devil yeah, yeah, imagery. That sort of idea. Mm. I, that would be my guess, but mm. I am. Because, you know, I think even with the the original Doctor had sort of the goatee. Actually, I don't think it's technically that's a goatee. I think technically it's called something else. But anyway, you all know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> You're here depending on these listeners to know a lot about what's going on in your mind today, baby. Well, they know what the people look like. So, <laughs> but with the, uh, Anthony, you know, same thing. Same, same mm. goatee. And, I don't know, he just got a little old. It tropey to me. I mean, I get it. The ma- Well, we'll talk about that. But to me, his master is just very, like... Ha, 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 diabolical. You will die now, Doctor. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, I mean, I certainly enjoy later on when we get the Masters with a little more nuance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel that way about the Doctors as well. Right. That it, that's one of the things that I think I like about the um, modern day Doctors is that they tend to be a little more nuanced. Yeah, so it's a little over the top. I and mean, again, I, maybe I would have a different opinion if they just didn't use them so much. Again, you know, I promise this. The next time I record, I will look up how many episodes he was in. Because I, I always say you feel like 50% of the episodes. Because um, he's just so overused. And I feel like if they use him a little less, considering he survived for a long time as an actor in that role, I mean, that's a. He must have had availability. I don't know. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I th- but I think that that's probably true of so many of the villains in Doctor Who. You know, if they're overused, I think one of the things that I like about the Weeping Angels is that they don't show up very often. Mm-hmm. And so when they do, it's always interesting. Um, and it's one of the things that I'm looking forward to, although with a slight bit of trepidation, in that Chibnall has promised no Daleks no Cybermen for the first series. And, you know, his reasoning is different monsters, more, you know, let's change things up a bit, which I'm excited about. But then at the same time, I do occasionally like a twinge to uh, to, to remind us to tie things back in. But, yeah, I think anytime you're overusing any of the villains, it can become a bit tiresome. Yeah, so... I mean, that's, I mean, I'm sure there's more to say about him. That's sort of, you know, I think he'd be interesting if he wasn't one of his used as much. And so anyway, but let's go to talk about maybe what we, you know a little bit more about. And let's just start in order. Yes. And that's with the master that you know and love, Eric Roberts. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and again, I think I think Eric Roberts is a good actor. 
I just don't enjoy watching him particularly. I read an article about him in Vanity Fair, and it talked about, you know, he has this amazing work ethic, and he's, he's done like hundreds of films in his career because he's always working. And I find that incredibly admirable, and he sounds like a nice enough guy. I just don't particularly like him, and that, you know, I feel bad about that a little bit, you know. And I think it's interesting to sort of look at, well, to me anyway, the master's abilities over time. So, like, in the TV movie, these are just some things I sort of wrote down. So, he was sort of existing in this box or whatever, if you remember the story. You know, the doctor was taking back his, taking back his dead body or whatever, anyway, from being mm. executed on Dabra, or which doesn't make any sense, on the Dalek homeworld, Scarrow. Anyway, long story short. But anyway, he becomes <laughs> a shape-shifting snake, basically. He takes over the body of Bruce the EMT, which is uh, the same as how the fourth, or with the Anthony Anley's master, which took over Nissa's dad, basically, his body. But anyway, um, so, and then he... So that's an established yeah. ability. And he okay. hypnotizes his, uh, the young man, um, if you remember the... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so become his sort of companion, if you will. And, uh, and then he ends up falling into the Eye of Harmony, too. Who knows where he goes from there. Yeah, yeah. And and that's interesting. I, we, I don't know. I think it might be interesting to actually be able to see the doctor or the uh, master regenerate at some point. Well, we did. We'll get to it. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so basically, I don't know. It's definitely, and I'm not saying it's Eric's fault. I don't know what the direction was, but it's sort of a hammy role. Yes, yeah. Whether that was his acting choice or just the direction to be just it's kind again, of a hammy movie though yeah. i mean it's it's sort of built that way mm-hmm. i mean if you look at anthony Hanley, it's like hey it's a hammy role too so yeah i mean if you're looking back at the things it's it's you know. again you don't get the nuance yet mm-hmm. it, it isn't time apparently right it'll come it'll come mm-hmm. so, right well so let's go to uh perhaps an actor you do like though we don't just see him very much and that is the what I'm calling the Master's Secret Return in the Tenth Doctor episode Utopia with Derek Jacoby as Professor Yana, who reveals that he is the Master. Yes, and I love Derek Jacoby. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched uh, last night, last na- night in Halifax, last Tango in Halifax. I'll look it up, but that's a fantastic little series. I think it's two or three seasons um, that he's in, and he's just brilliant in it. Yeah, it was. Interesting, because I don't, I didn't know him. I mean, because I'm just unschooled, I suppose. When I first saw him in this episode, so I just thought, like, oh, okay. And you know, we sort of had the Yana or Yana, however you pronounce it, warning earlier from the face of Bo, I believe. And so, it sort of all culminated together when we saw that he had the fob watch, which we saw earlier from the Tenth Doctor uh, adventure. And then, oh, and then he says the latest lines, "I am the master," and it's. Sort of, you know, TV movie aside, the first return of the master in New Who. Mm. And then what we do is he gets uh, shot by his assistant, uh, Chento. Um, and that's when we see him regenerate in the TARDIS. Yes, I vaguely remember that now. Into John Sims' master. Yes, it is, by the way, Last Tango in Halifax. Go check it out. Fantastic little series. Uh, yeah. So short episode, I know, or short appearance, but we'll just sort of think of Professor Yana, if you want to call him that. Yeah, interesting. We're starting to get some of the nuance, even though obviously <laughs> with just a short appearance, we don't get to see a lot of it. But as you say, uh, and I do stand corrected, we get to see the regeneration. So again, starting to see more 
he's more than just a villain. Um, although he is mostly villain in this. Yeah, but he was in the, like, I think, killing Chantho, and then she kills him before she dies. Because he was like, oh, we liked her. But that was the point, I suppose. And yeah. it, apparently, when I was doing research, he's now known as sort of the war master, because now Derek is doing Big Finish Audio as the master of the Time War era. Oh, fantastic. The war master. Well, I suppose we needed one. Yeah, so that sort of explains. I guess they're saying between, you know, the eighth doctor, war doctor, ninth doctor, tenth doctor, that was all Yana or, you know, Derek Shepard. Fun. Well, yeah. So now the the one perhaps m- most, kn- well, I guess might I might be bad. So anyway, the most known to New Who, which, unless until the next one, um, would be John Sims, the master reborn. And he sort of did the three-parter, The Sound of the Drums. Well, excuse me. He did the, what I'd call the two-part of The Sound of the Drums and Last of the Time Lords with as the uh, Prime Minister there, Boat Saxon. And then he returned with The End of Time, Parts 1 and 2, with that was sort of the Tenth Doctor's swan song. And we thought that would probably be a him again, since we got a new Master Spoilers after that. But then he comes back, and The Doctor falls... Uh, or excuse me, World Enough and Time and The Doctor Falls um, with a goatee, I would admit, this time. <laughs> okay. So he had time to finally grow his master uh, facial hair. Yes, so. absolutely. Well, you know, you don't want the Prime Minister to have a, an evil goatee. That gives too much away. I mean, it's it's pretty much understood that your time mi- uh, prime ministers are going to be. No, um, now I'm imagining Margaret Thatcher with a goatee. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, what do you think of? Uh, we'll, we'll cut this in in half here. So let's go first. Sound of drums and last of the time lords um, with John Sim. Yeah, as the prime minister, quite evil. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you get hints of you know we used to be friends. A little bit of the history. Why aren't we friends anymore? Kind of thing, uh, which I think makes him interesting. I think you, anytime you're playing a bad guy you want to try and make them sympathetic as well because that's more complex and nuanced as i said so uh yeah he makes a very good prime minister very smarmy very um he reminds me a little bit of the bad guy in sherlock oh yeah yeah, yeah. in this I see that, yeah. just the 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 oiliness yeah. the unctuous all of that um so yeah i moriarty Moriarty, yes. And and I do think of him as, well, I think of him as the present-day master. Right. Because, of course, when we get to the mistress, that's completely mm-hmm. separate in my head. Um, and a completely separate world, almost. So. Yeah, and I think it does, it's an over, he plays it over the top, but he mixes it up. Because he's sort of, for lack of a better word, insane, or, you know, Whatever word you want to use, I'm trying to be politically correct. But anyway, um, but you know he's obviously over the top in his in his brain. He's broken, whatever. He's evil, whatever. Um, but he then balances out where he sort of has this, you know, where he's manic, and then he's sort of regular, where he can talk about the past times, and mm. and he sort of has the calm, scary, you know, when he's discussing his plans or carrying it about or or talking to the tenth doctor, and then he'll do his uh, karaoke, dancing along, shooting things. As well, and so I think that's sort of a interesting way to marry that. Um, so it does make it a little bit more interesting than just to be the tying the girl to the railroad tracks. And yes, yes, rubbing your hands together with exactly. an evil laugh. Yeah. So then you, we see him again in the end of time, as I said, where he kind of because he he was shot by his companion wife, whatever you want to call it, 
um, with uh, the last of the Time Lords and refused to regenerate. Then he was sort of burned, um, or Viking style, mm-hmm. hot funeral pyre, uh, so that, you know, no Time Lord's body. Then a ring falls off, and we're all like, okay, well, we know where this is going. Yeah. And so he comes back, such as he is, at the end of time. And again, similar uh, personality. He's a little more, even more crazy, because he's sort of come back wrong. Yeah. Though he was wrong already. So. Yes. Yeah, and interesting. And we don't, do we get a real explanation of how he ended up there? Um, well, apparently, because there was a beginning, you know, the wife, or you know, they're trying to summon him back, and they kidnap the wife from prison, and she ends up knowing the plan, uh, yes. and that's why he comes back half, yeah, whatever, and then he, uh, and I think it's interesting to compare him, and and Classic Who's done, the, done this, especially with the five doctors, as, as much as you can remember that, because that was the master with the Time Lords, but comparing the Time Lords, um, especially in, in this one, where the villains, kind of, Rassilon, um, of course, played by James Bond, comparing him to the Master, and there's sort of different kinds of evil, and the Master sort of is on the spectrum of whether he's with the Tenth Doctor or with the Time Lords, which he sort of vacillates between the two at the end. You know, I guess whoever's going to give him the better deal. But anyway, but they, they're the ones who've made him crazy with the, at least the sound of the drums in the head. Mm. Um, so, but it's, I think that is more interesting when you can compare villains. You know, yes, which I think oh, we'll yeah, see absolutely. later in yep. the reincarnation. But anyway. Yeah. I think having two villains is always interesting how they play off each other. Yeah. Yeah. And we get more, obviously, a lot more of his backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he looked into the, whatever you call it, when all they forced all the kid time lords to look in the time vortex, they either, what is it, go crazy or run away or something. Yeah. And it's like a sorting hat. Yeah. It's much so like a sorting hat. Slithering. Well, so what's the Tenth Doctor? Are we assuming he's just automatically Gryffindor? No, I wouldn't consider him he's, automatically Gryffindor, but I, I think... Know. You know, he could be a Hufflepuff. He could be a Cedric. Ah, interesting. I don't know. Maybe. Or is each Doctor incarnation would be sort of different? I don't know. Maybe there's a... There's uh, an episode. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> this week, what are we talking about? <laughs> Maybe not next yeah. week. I know he's going to go a little timey-wimey, and then he returns with his next incarnation. You know, we've held multiple Doctor stories. We have our first multi-master story. Um, with the Doctor Falls, or excuse me, World Enough in Time and Doctor Falls. So, focusing just still on him for a second, what do you think of his return? We get more of the Master of Disguise, because he's sort of playing that role with Bill. Yes, very much so. Um, and again, it's unclear, like, is he, because he's down there and time moves, well, no, time moves faster down there. Right. Why is he down there when Missy's... Well, the explanation, as I recall it, because the, the 12th Doctor sort of says, let me guess, you landed here, tried to take o- tried to take over, and then they turned against you, and now you've been hiding here. That's sort of your thing. Right, but then how did he regenerate into Missy? Well, because he got shot by her and left in his TARDIS. Yeah, say, mm-hmm. so like a split, I don't know. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a little unconvinced about it, but I don't care because right. I love it. Mm-hmm. And I think I love the fact that he's there with Bill, <clears throat> seemingly a good guy for her. Right. Um, and then later on turns out to not only be a bad guy, but to be the master. He's playing mm-hmm. a long game. Yeah. A really long game. <laughs> um, but I find that very interesting. Yeah, it's... How much commitment he has there? Yeah, um, for all that long of a time to play that role. Yeah, it's it's odd, and sometimes, and we can talk. We're talking about Missy here, obviously, in a second. 
But it's like when you compare her, and I guess it's always, again, comparing a villain, having two villains, I think, makes things interesting because then it provides nuance because, like, well, this person's really bad, but they're maybe not as bad compared to that. So you have this weird sympathy, even though you really shouldn't because this person's still pretty horrible. Um, so, like, I really don't like the master. So I'm talking about John Sim. The master in this one, I mean, I'm not saying he shouldn't be in the role or whatever, but I'm just saying, like, as a character, I'm like, yeah, he's really bad, which of course he should be, but he's just, yeah, really bad. Like, I feel like he's worse than he was before. But maybe that's because, I mean, he is at the, well, he doesn't know it at the time, but of course he's at the end of his region. But in other words, he's lived as that master for a little bit. Yeah. And he's also, I mean, he wasn't great when he yeah. aged the doctor. Oh, yeah. And that, into this yeah. horrible little tiny thing. You know, I mean, he was, that was pretty bad, too. <laughs> that line was like, look at this face. This is the face that stopped listening when you started talking. No. <laughs> I didn't hear a word you said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fun stuff. And he and Missy together are just mm-hmm. delightful. I just find them a lot of fun. And they clearly had a really good time doing that. Yeah. Because I think, you know, especially when, like, the multi-doctor stores, it's always them sort of not liking each other at first, where I think the masses are like, oh, okay, this will be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there are two of us. Fantastic. And just, Yeah absolutely brilliant and riff off each other and yeah just so much fun okay well then we'll talk about your favorite yep and that would be the mistress played by michelle gomez and too many episodes to name just suffice to say the entire 12th doctor story (laughs) yeah yeah and again sort of comes in disguise I mean, yeah, she's sort of the, um, she sort of plays into the, what had become the trope in New Who of sort of teasing something all season, um, for the Doctor. And so this mm-hmm. was the, uh, the promised land and this mysterious woman that shows up at the end of almost every episode for five seconds, welcoming the latest, you know, villain who's gotten killed by the Doctor or, you know, quote unquote killed by the Doctor. And so that sort of teases us for the entire season, um, until it's just, you know, in the last two episodes, I believe. It's revealed that well, I couldn't very well call myself the master anymore. Yeah, yeah, and we, and of course, she's just known as Missy, isn't she? Yes. We don't get the mistress part of it, uh, which again, I, th- I think, and I agree. I'm not a big fan of that part of it, the teasing and the constant. You know, it's like the silence enough already, hmm. but. The reveal for this is so beautiful, I think, and so exciting. And <gasps> oh my god, she's a woman! <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> and then the protests begin. <laughs> well, I, think, I mean, is and I mean, I mean, yeah, obviously, I was you know watching it contemporarily. I don't really remember a thing. I mean, oh sure, no, surely I'm there, sure there was. Like... I mean, because there's surely always something. Oh, but, yeah, but not enough to be a huge blip no well but part of it is also i mean anytime you get a new doctor there's always the big reveal yeah. and all of this tease up to it so mm-hmm. people have more time to get annoyed by it or whatever they're yeah. needing to feel at the time with their fragile masculinity um so but we don't get that with her and we see her as a character for a whole lot of episodes before it's revealed and I'm trying um, to remember. So by then we're already vested. Yeah, and I don't know what the fan theories were about who Missy would have been. You know, I feel like at the time, like surely, you know, obviously there was still internet and everything. I don't know why I can't remember anything, but yeah, I just I don't know it's what probably I probably old age. Yeah, probably, but I don't know what what I thought she was. 
Yeah. Because it was sort of my boyfriend. She kept calling him that. And you're like, well, I have, I have no idea. I guess that was basically my thing going in. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's only like five seconds. Of like, not enough time. With, What's this promised land? What's this person? You know, I don't know. So. Yeah. Yeah, but interesting. Um, but I think she really comes into her own in the last Doctor series. Yeah, because, I mean, she was really... <laughs> I mean, and I know this is the point. So, it's not a, but, it, like, you know, with the killing everyone and um, killing... Um, oh, Lord, I can't remember her name like, for a second. The... The girl from the 50th anniversary wears the glasses and the scarf. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I was like, oh, my, you can't kill. I mean, I sort of, like, stopped watching it after that part of the episode because I'm like, I, I can't listen to anything that's going on because you just killed that character who, I, you know, we all liked. So I'm like, okay. I mean, if you're going to do something like that, you better break at the end. <laughs> so, yeah. Like a cliffhanger because, you know, I just sort of tune out after that because I'm still devastated, you know. It's the reason, spoiler alert, they don't kill Dumbledore at the beginning or the middle, you know. <laughs> you know, you know, like, you, know you, got, you need that in, the, like, the last page, which I remember reading when I read that book, um, whatever, whichever Harry Potter one, but when they killed Dumbledore, because it's like, I think it's like there's one chapter after that, and I'm still like, okay, so he's going to come back, right? There's yeah, still, uh, yeah, that's, didn't there's really still time for him to come yeah, back. I'm like, because it's like the, the last one's like the, with the funeral or the tomb or you're with the... Uh, whatever, and you're like, he's gonna come back, right? <laughs> no, no. Okay. But luckily, well, she did come back, technically, I suppose, because of course they did the cheat that it was the Zygon. Well, cause, and then you don't know which one was killed. Yep, and so, then somebody else takes her place. Yeah, and, so she yeah. lives on at least. Yeah, anyway. so it's alright. Don't panic. Don't panic. <laughs> I mean, Dumbledore does not come back. Yeah. But. He kind of does, but as sort of the <laughs> ghost Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the, anyway. So but then we get sort of the Reformation. Of Missy. Yes. Would you sort of think of that storyline of, did it water her down, or did it make her more complex in an interesting way, or or what? I think it made her more complex in an interesting way. Um, And again, we get, you know, a little bit of an echo of uh, Sherlock. Mm -hmm. Moriarty. Uh, no, oh. with his sister. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, in the cage, yeah. there's that, you know, there's a little bit of an echo, including the piano, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But again, we get this tease for a little while into... Oh, what's in the cage. Yeah, what's in there. Nardal's the like, you have to guard this. You mm-hmm. have to keep this going, you know. Um, and once it's revealed it's Missy, then we also get to see how that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and her punishment... And all of those things. Now, I'll admit, I'm, well, I wouldn't say I don't like a complicated story. And that's not true. It just depends how well it's done. Mm. In that case, it all kind of came together in a good way. Because when the flashback, where, you know, she's been going to be executed and the doctor's there as the witness or whatever. No, the doctor has to do it. <clears throat> she has to be executed by another time lord, right? right? In whatever, yeah. And but then that's, the, the Nardle, I mean, doesn't know it comes up. And he quotes River Song to the doctor, basically saying, like, Are you, you probably, I mean, you don't really want to do this, you know, or that's not who the doctor is. And so, which of course, you know, you'd have to know the, you know, the, the husbands of River Song and then sort of the backstory and the blue book. And, and so it all comes together. And I'm like, oh, okay, I, I like that. And when that kind of comes together. <laughs> I love it when a plan <laughs> comes together. I mean, though it's very subtle. I mean, like, do you need to know all that for that to work? No, but I think that's the emotional hit of the doctor, you know, making the choice of saving Missy. Mm. Um, and then trying to, to change her. 
and and I think it's interesting how Michelle plays it, especially in sort of that last episode. The doctor gives that speech to the master and the mistress. And the master's basically like piss off and walks away, and mistress, you know, because throughout that episode, you really don't know where she is. I mean, you know, she's probably not her old self, but is she entirely reformed? And in the end, what's going to be her final decision? And then she sort of says, no, I'm not going to help you, but I guess it would be nice if I could or something like that. Yeah, and I think it's this lovely, because after all of those years being evil, you don't expect it to be simple. A simple reformation. Mm-hmm. And and we also see, I mean, from the beginning when she jumps out of the, the um, TARDIS into the spaceship and she's like, I'm the Doctor. I'm and Doctor Who. Yes. It's also, <laughs> it's clear she doesn't have this under control yet, <laughs> which is so much fun to watch. I mean, it's just really interesting. And so we know that. And, and again, there's no point in having the two of them if they're both the same and that's true. There's no point in having mistress and master if they're both completely evil. There's also no point in having the mistress and the doctor if they're both completely good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so her her middleness of it, I think, is is quite delightful, and I think she does it very well. And also, you know, the the fact that her past self is there. You know, does that affect her decision that her, literally her past is calling her? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a nice metaphor. But there's also the past. I mean, for however many, however long he has, uh, the doctor has been trying to reform Missy. It's not just been a reformation, but also a reconciliation. Mm-hmm. You know, they are coming back together as semi-friends at the very least and so knowing that they were in the past and something terrible happened and they they went they took two different roads diverged in the woods <laughs> um and so you know it's bringing their relationship a little bit back together and of course to uh increase the metaphor or perhaps painfully she then kills her past yes but it kills her too. Exactly, which may have been the ultimate story. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not no matter how much she wanted to, the past was already set out to destroy her. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be interesting. Again, I'm. I, well, you know, I'm of both minds as you are. I, do I would want the mistress to return re- either as Michelle Gomez or, or as another incarnation? You know, I don't. You know, I I am good with the re- you know one year off of stuff. But of course, yes, yeah, the second series, want, then you're like, well, yeah. I don't know. It's one of those things, you know, with the Daleks and the Cybermen and, and even the Master, because, you know, of course there's going to be a Dalek story, right? Of course there's going to be a Cybermen. But, like, you're not guaranteed that there's necessarily going to be another Master story, because, but I mean, art, or are you? I don't know. You know, that's, that is ingrained in the franchise. Yeah, I find it difficult to believe that this is the end, the end. Right. Uh, for the master in whatever, you know, whether, as you say, whether it's Michelle Gomez or another regeneration of the master. Um, and it will be interesting to see. And he hasn't, I don't think that Chibnall has said anything beyond no Daleks, no Cybermen. Right. So we still may get creatures that we haven't seen a lot of or something like that. I still want the 
Paternoster gang. Oh, yeah. Uh, what I really want is the Potato Head's response to the 13th Doctor. He's a boy now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> really want to see that. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how that rolls out. But uh, right. yeah, there's our exploration of the masters, including the mistress. That's right. Um, so let's go. We've moved our way forward. Now let's go back into the TARDIS library. Well, into the TARDIS library to look at the third Doctor. And more importantly, the first appearance ever of the Master with Roger Delgado in the role. Now, as I said at the beginning, that may be, folks, his classic Master. But I'm really not familiar with this. This is actually the first time I've ever seen him um, in the Master role. Because obviously he was just third Doctor, which I haven't seen a lot of. But anyway. Is he really? Because I kind of think of him as the classic Doctor. Just the third Doctor. And it may just be that I've seen him in clips and stuff so often. But to me, he is the quintessential yeah, I, and I may have mentioned this, but anyway, when we talked about the third Doctor's regeneration in the spider planet thingy, mm-hmm. planet of the spiders, anyway, originally the story would have been... Sort you of, guys know what he means, right? <laughs> the story may have been like the death <clears throat> of the Master or whatever, but Roger Delgado died. So they couldn't use his role anymore, obviously. Aww. Or, you know, or him playing the planet. So, yeah. So they changed the story. But yeah, so unfortunately the actor did die um, before uh, he, he could... Further the role with the new Doctor. So is this the first time the Master ever appears? Yes. Ah, oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why we're doing the first appearance of the... You, know, you didn't tell me that. You've got to prep me for these things. <laughs> I end up looking like an idiot. In front. Well, yeah, it's down there now, but it wasn't when we watched the episodes. And now all of the listeners thinks, I think I'm a Yahoo because you haven't adequately prepared me for this podcast. I, you really are devious. You are right about that. They probably think you're a Google. Now, here's a, uh, a clip synopsis. To <laughs> or start a us, bing. Yeah. To start us wicked, it'd go a little long on this one. So I uh, clipped it a little bit. So the synopsis for Terror of the Autons, which first premiered 2nd January 1971. And as I said, here's the uh, clip synopsis from TARDIS.Wikia. The Master has an evil scheme to destroy humanity and to silence his old foe, the Doctor, forever. He plans to awaken the awesome power of the Nestines, a ruthless, ruthlessly aggressive alien life form. Aided by the Brigadier and by new companion Joe Grant, only the third Doctor can combat their evil power. But first, he must defeat the Master. Now, is this the first time we see the Nestines as no, well? No, because uh. of course we saw them with the first third Doctor story. Oh, okay. Okay, so the first time we see them is with the third Doctor, just not this one. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I'm trying to remember... Spearhead from space. Um, all I can remember is the wheelchair chase right now. But anyway, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know the one you mean. Yes. But anyway, um, and this is also, of course, the first appearance of Joe Grant. Yes. This is the third Doctor second series, not to be too confusing. Or it is the premiere of the second series. So, new companion, new villain, whoop, all, whoop, all that stuff. All the things. Same brigadier and, and is, company. is Mark new? Unit. Is Mark new? Has he always been in it? Joe just seems to be flirting a lot with him. You mean Captain Yates? I don't know. And sorry, yeah, C- Captain Yates. 
Mike, yeah. Yes. Um, Is it he's, Mike? He's been around. Mike Yates. Did I make that? No, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I didn't. And then, uh, just, Not Mark. Yeah. Which Mike. is what I was going yeah. with. Mike. And then Sergeant Benton and said the regular unit players are still around. Okay. Yeah. And so, so what did you think of this premiere or in Roger Delgado's portrayal of the master? Yeah. I think he makes a good master. I think he's... It, it's really... Like I say, I didn't realize it was the first time we ever see the master because he just seems so master-like. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing... It, 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 the more things change, the more they stay the same kind of idea. Mm-hmm. Um, he just... I was like, yeah, that, yeah, that's the master. There he is doing his master thing. There was nothing that made me go, oh, this is unusual or weird or, oh, they're just trying this out. That's kind of what we see. So that's kind of nice. Maybe he was the blueprint. And... uh at least to an extent, it has carried on all the way through. And it's like they sort of, his hypnotizing powers, you yep. know, it sort of follows throughout his in, his incarnations. Yeah, I would like to say that this these this serial is creepy as hell. Yes, yes. I was, uh, the uh, time team, if you all know who those are, in Doctor Who Monthly, which is... The kids, as I can say, because they all are younger than me. Um, but they, they, they do <laughs> Those show, pesky kids. Yeah, they do show them. Oh, they're all great, though. I follow them on Twitter. They're fun. But anyway, um, they did show them this. I think they, one of the parts, because they don't show the whole serial. They were, and they were showing, I think, like creepy episodes from Doctor Who. And I forget which part, but they were they were freaking out over that puppet. Yeah, this <laughs> this, this is creepy. Yeah. The the do- the yeah. like the teddy bear kind of whatever you want to call dollish. it <laughs> yeah the things and the yeah I mean the big ones are creepy too with the giant heads mm-hmm. and it's all a little bit nutso yeah and and, and uh, I mean I don't know he could make fun of it obviously but I, whatever technology they're using they're obviously trying though absolutely yeah it's no I was thinking sc- the same thing there's a lot of green screen whatever technology they had in 1971 or whatever I just said yeah but they yeah I mean from the the plastic disappearing in his hand and I, I feel like they're they're working it the the best way they can yeah. for 1971 so yeah no I give them props for this one there are a lot of episodes where I'm like oh my god that's just bad <laughs> uh, but this one I, th- I did not necessarily feel that way about I yeah. feel like they're 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 picking up tricks, and I think and maybe this is too easy, but I'm gonna go for it. As far as Delgado's portrayal, if I'm gonna use that, John Pertwee is the James Bond of Doctor Who's Delgado's master is sort of the James Bond villain. Mm. I mean, it's always a, oh, oh no, Mister Bond, I expect you to die. You know, it's sort of the Goldfinger or the. Um, Spectre, or... I just called to say goodbye. Yes, exactly. And then, the phone cord kills him. You know. It doesn't kill him. Spoilers. But, uh, yeah. That's the serial at the end of the... It looked like it, darling. It did. No, it absolutely did. Yeah, if Parker you watch the no face. more... Oh. <laughs> it's, oh my God, I'm dying face. Mm, yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you're right. If, if you stop watching Doctor Who from that point on, you have no choice but to assume... That he died in that horrible telephone cord accident. Right. So thank God we're wireless these days, darling. Right. right. So many murders didn't happen from the masters. From yeah. the master because we went wireless. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I always Phew. feel like I always feel like how like in this episode when the master's using different technology of the era, and I'm like. I wouldn't know how to use that technology. <laughs> he must be a very brilliant time lord to know how the uh, 
mid twentieth or mid to late twentieth century Earth technology was. He does I would be always seem very comfortable. <laughs> yeah, no matter where he is, he knows the technology and very yeah. primitive. Yeah, I mean there are there are a lot of kids out there today who wouldn't have any idea what to do with a rotary phone. Rotary phone, yeah. So, yeah, no, that's pretty good. Though spoilers, because I know you haven't seen. Watching the master with the doctor in a radio tower, I was like, "This is this 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 is where it starts. This is not this doesn't end well." For those who know how the fourth doctor dies, I was going to say, I was watching and I was like, "This isn't no, uh-uh, we're okay, we're okay." Um, now, I mean, this isn't the topic, but we can still talk. What do you think of Joe's introduction? Yeah, for the most part, except for that whole "Oh, I've twisted my ankle" moment. Right. She's pretty capable. Maybe that was sort of a. a uh, if we want to be <laughs> in the best light, maybe that was just a call back to like, yeah, it wasn't a pivotal moment, right? No, no, and it, <laughs> and it doesn't seem to stop them. It's right. sort of a throwaway, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah, no, and I like Joe, not necessarily her haircut, but yeah, they have weird hair in this one. The third doctor's hair looks weird. It looks like a wig. He looks like he's wearing a wig. Yeah, I'm sure he's not, but it looks like it. Yeah, I'm not sure. She he looks is. like she's wearing a wig. I'm sure she's not, but it's yeah. sort of plastered to her head. I'm like, good lord. Yeah, it was they just very weird hairspray stylish. In Britain in 1970s? Quite possibly. <laughs> I mean, they might have had weird hairspray everywhere in the 1970s. I have no recollection. Uh-huh. But anyway, yeah, I thought it was interesting. You know, she sort of introduces a non-scientist, but she's not like An random idiot. secretary. You know, yeah, I mean, does have she skills. says she took some sort of science at a level and yeah and oh i wish you'd done escapology and she's like funny you should mention that (laughs) i'm completely out of my bonds of whatever so uh yeah no pretty capable plucky yeah gets things done unfazed she does not go into the tardis in this serial so we do not know her reaction yet i'm not i mean i can look this up obviously not knowing the third doctors, well, I want to know the first time we ever saw a TARDIS interior in a third doctor story because it had to have been a long time. Yeah, because it's basically just stuck. his. Yeah, it's stuck there in unit. Presumably he sleeps there, but that's all we got. He does sort of have this sort of, you know, uh, prisoner trying to escape mentality. You know, he's always trying to leave in the TARDIS and it never works. I think it happens in the first story. Yeah, I, mean, I, I know, think he, so knew, too. he knows he's stuck, but he tries anyway, and nothing happens. This, this first one, he, he, he like the actually thought it was going to land, you know, take off for a second because it makes the sound, and then it's just nothing, and smoke comes out. And he's like, I guess I'm stuck here for another season. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Aww, he doesn't say that, but yeah, your point is made. Cool. Right. So, what are we going to talk about next week, darling? Well, darling, we're going to. I'm speaking of playing the long game. Uh oh. I am planning a part one of a two series. Okay. So it's just a little bit of commitment on our part, but... I am not a big fan of commitment, particularly where the two of us are concerned. So I feel for next week, part one, we are going to, just for the whole episode, talk about one classic serial. And in part two, we're going to talk about the movie based on that classic serial. Yes, we're going to be talking the Dalek Invasion of Earth next week. And the week after, Dalek Invasion of Earth starting Peter Cushing. I was just going to say, you're going to make me watch another Peter Cushing film. Yes. Well, we got to look at the basis first and then see which one was better. Are we going to watch the riff track version of of it? Okay, good. 
good. <laughs> Although I still think, you know, we can go back and, and create our own riff track with a lot of this. But, okay. Yep, so for the whole episode, you know, we're going to talk about this as a bit of an investment, because I think it is six parts if I'm off the top of my head. The Dalek Invasion of Earth, which, um, just to tease you a little bit of things, First Doctor, Serial, of course, because mm-hmm. I've been the same. Yeah. This will feature the departure, the first departure ever of a companion. Oh. With the granddaughter, Susan, leaving. Susan, well, she doesn't leave, does she? He, he leaves, leaves her. Well, you know, but, however you want to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So we're spending the next two weeks in the TARDIS library right. for all intents and purposes. Pretty much. Cool. It'll be fun. So stay tuned. We'll... Because each of them deserves their own, or do they? We'll find out. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna pause it, not so much, mm-hmm. but we'll do it anyway. <laughs> oh. Well, until next week, darling. You're my favorite reoccurring person in all of time and space. <laughs> Except you sometimes are confused that I'm still here. This is BBC Television.